Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is the show for you. Final Extra, where we bring you all the latest from the world of combat sports. Joining me, as always, is Talk Sports' Gareth A. Davis for a big, big show today. Coming up on the show, we'll look back on a sensational night of boxing between Michael Conn and Lee Wood at the Motor Point Arena on Saturday. Sonny Edwards will defend his IBF uh, flyweight title this weekend. He's been speaking to Gareth, head of that belt. Plus, we'll focus on all the UFC action. Paddy Pimlet. And Tom Aspinall are in action this weekend. Look, don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Take shot, see me yeah. all country. I can take him. I don't like, I don't mind, I don't mind taking a shot. I don't mind someone backing me up and pinning me in a corner for a little bit and tucking up and blocking and countering. And I live for all of that. It's all, it's all, it's all like the theatre. Do you know what I mean? It's the drama, the theatre. Declaring the winner by G A O Paddy, the Paddy I'm here to take over, lad. I'm the new cash cow. I'm the new main man on the UFC roster. I best be in the game next week, lad. That's simple, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm the new man, lad. People are going to be calling me out now. Do you know who the boy is? Ladies and gentlemen, the rear naked choke submission comes at the official time. One minute, nine seconds of round number two for your winner out of Liverpool, England, Tom Espinal! Yeah, busy show today. I'm not quite sure how we're going to get all of this into an hour, but we're certainly going to try uh, let's welcome in Gareth A. Davis to get this show on the road. Let, let's start with, with Saturday, Gareth. I was there, Motor Point Arena in Nottingham. I mean, I've been there before for Carl Froch events, and they've been loud, they've been busy. 
but Saturday night, and look, I, I can say this now because Michael Condon's okay and he's he's wanting a rematch. But Saturday was one of the one of the great main events I've seen in a long time. It ticked every single box. The fans were there. The Irish on one side, the Nottingham Forest fans on the other. Both fighters promised a lot. Both fighters delivered, and they really did. And it's done. Sometimes you're watching it thinking they don't get paid enough for this. They don't get paid for the punishment they're taking. But it was fantastic. You know what? I want to see it again. I want to see it again. City ground, let's go. Why not? Well, good afternoon, Mr. Eddie Ol Oladipo. And I'm going to say that every time we have a show now, because I'm still blushing from saying your name wrong when we were in the studio together last. You're okay, Gary. Uh, You're right. <laughs> um, you did a fantastic job, I have to say. I was in the studio at TalkSport while the fight was going on. It was a thriller. Mm. Um, myself and Adam Catterall were doing fight night, of course, uh, from the studio. It was an absolute thriller. It was very hard to take your eyes off it while we were broadcasting. It was one of the great modern epic classics that had everything, Eddie. When, mm. when, when a guy's been put down in the first round, as Lee Wood was, at home, um, as, the, as the puncher against the yeah, boxer in yeah, the fight, yeah. and he battles his way into the, back into the fight with stamina, resilience, relentlessness, tenacity, stamina and heart, the heart of a lion, the heart of a champion, as he showed. He never, ever quit. That man has no quit in him. I watched the eighth round, you know, towards the end of the eighth round. I, I, I think I was saying, I think he's in trouble. He was hit by four left hands. Big ones as well. Uh, like cross, crosses and hooks mm. from Conlon in the eighth round. I did not know how Wood would come back from that. And he got stronger and stronger. And eventually, the brilliant Michael Conlon, and he was brilliant on the night, and he was sneaky and canny and astute and cute in there. He got depleted. And as we say always in boxing, and this is why it's such an extraordinary sport, and it's always amazing to witness this theatre, and I'm envious that you were there on the night, you did a phenomenal interview with Lee Wood afterwards with all the right decorum. We heard you, of course, on the show, Thank and you. it is painful. Oh, I took my breath away, and I, I was feeling for Michael Conlon. I've known him a long time, and when someone has collapsed at ringside, um, I thought your presence of mind in the way you did it with Lee was fantastic. Um, and as you rightly said just now, you can say it now as a fantastic fight. Michael has, has, has uh, recovered. And I agree with you, I think. And I, Michael agrees. Michael Connell agrees. He wants to roll it back. He got so depleted in those championship rounds, he could actually not defend himself anymore. And, mm -hmm. and when someone's arms go limp like that and they literally fall um, with kinetic energy through the ropes, um, it's, it's so frightening because it, it makes us aware of how inherently dangerous and how how, how dangerous mm. the sport we love really is, and I'm I'm delighted as well that he was up the next day. The two men got together. Yeah, um, fantastic. They're both an amazing advert for our sport, Eddie. Gareth, look, you've been covering combat sports, so look, we're going to talk a bit of MMA a bit later. But you've been covering combat sports for a very very long time. You've interviewed a lot of the top fighters. Where do they get that resolve? Like, I, was, I was watching it. And everyone's screaming around me. And all I was focusing on, I was trying to focus on, was Lee Wood. And you, you mentioned the eighth round, and he's getting lit up. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, it, this is over. And the Forest fans start singing, but he's got this, I'm not stopping. And I think, how, where, where does that come from? That To go into a tank which looked like it was empty, to find that just 1%, 2% more to stay on your feet and just to continue to battle and battle when others 
including myself, would have just said, okay, enough's enough. We're done. You don't know, Eddie. You You're don't right. know. Yeah, and that's right, yeah. you, you don't know. The thing is this, and, and I, I don't want to overstate this because there's a big war going on at the moment, the invasion of uh, Ukraine by Russia and some of our brilliant fighters, ex-fighters, ex-world champions and current world champions, notably the Klitschko brothers and Vasyl Lomachenko and mm. Alexander Rusik, are actually uh, involved in conflict, genuine bloodshed. And... I think if you go back in the past where as races and, 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 and as empires and, and, and as a human race, mm. young men got the opportunity because there were wars to go and prove themselves. People found out whether they had that heroism in themselves, in the trenches, carrying someone back with no legs, um, with, with no regard for their own safety, finding superhuman strength mm. in themselves. And I think what happens with a lot of these fighters is that they have these fights and it does take things out of them. I've just been looking back for the Ring magazine um, on 10 of the greatest punches from history and drawing up the stories. Guys I didn't follow, Carlos Serrate, um, different fighters like Wilfredo Gomez and guys who I didn't cover their careers. Yeah. And when you look at the extraordinary battles that some of these people have been in, that they they defined themselves by them. And, and on Saturday night, neither of those two men, Lee Woods or Michael Conlon, knew they had that much in them. Conlon wants to go back into the well, back into those trenches, and he'll come better prepared physically next time to know that he can do the extra. And like you say, Lee Wood didn't know he had that in him. He believed he had it in him. Conlon believed he had it in him. Before this fight, it was very hard to pick. It was a sensible pick to pick Conlon on points. He was ahead in the 12th round. But what you cannot now write off is that Lee Wood is a very dangerous man um, in this weight division of featherweight mm. because he has extraordinary powers of stamina and deep, like you say, a self-belief that's even greater now than it was before he went into it. And he has very strong self-belief anyway. Like you say, this is one of the greatest or um, kind of battles on British shores that we've ever seen. And rightly, you, you remark on... Carl Froch and Jermaine Taylor, because I covered that fight in 2009. I wasn't there. Mm. I was watching it on... Do you know only about 15,000 people watched that live in the UK? Is that, that ama it? Amazingly, it was not on a big broadcast. It was on a, yeah. a premiere boxing or something. Yeah, you it must have been one of those, yeah. And, and um, I, I recall, for some reason, I was covering the London Marathon the next day as well, the wheelchair marathon. And I think I watched it late at night in, in in the hotel room at, at Tower Bridge. And it was just unbelievable. But you could see Frotch go hunting mm. in the last six <laughs> minutes of the fight as Taylor tired. Yeah. It was um, like that, it? Yeah. it was exactly like that. And weirdly, Adam said to me during the broadcast, he needs a Jermaine Taylor moment here like Carl Frotch. And they're both from the same village of Gedling, of yep, course. Frotch was there on the night. No, it was it was an extraordinary battle. Extraordinary. It, it is, and um, we'll talk more about what next for both. Um, look, so many options for Lee Wood. Obviously, Josh Warrington, Kiko Martinez coming up March 26th. He could fight the winner of that. He could go and have the fights against Navarrete and Megsire. Options, options, options. Uh, Sonny Edwards has a few options as well. Wants bigger options, but he he fights this weekend in Dubai, live on Prabell, and we're going to hear a bit from Sonny a bit later. Gareth's been speaking to him and to Regis Proga, who fights Tara McKenna as well. I want to focus on Sonny. He, he was actually in Nottingham as well uh, on the weekend. He, he had a quick word of Eddie Hearn. He, oh, he did. He did. <laughs> he, he wants that Julio Cesar Martinez, although 
Martinez is coming off a loss, no shame in that, to Tocolatito. He wants him to come back down to flyweight and get that fight on. He does want that big fight. This one against Mohamed seems a good fight, but it's not the big, big fights that he's chasing. He's got to be wary. He this, has. This, um, Mohamed Wasim is a very decorated amateur. You know, these two have sparred together before. Mm. Uh, we, we'll hear from Sonny, and um, if that's in, in the clips we're going to use. It is, um, yeah. But certainly when I spoke to him, he was saying that they've sparred his... The thing is with Sonny, he, he, he's so elusive. The little guys, the, the flyweights, when they're elusive and they're very skilled and fast as he is, they can speak with ultimate confidence about the way they're going to fight. But believe me, Wasim's got some hands on him. Mm. Um, and he's very experienced. He's he, a very good amateur. Um, and Sonny's not writing him off, but he's really got his eye on that Martinez fight. I hope he comes through successfully. He's one of our boys in Dubai on Saturday night. He but he's got to be a little bit cautious against this guy. And he's got to get his movement and his rhythm and his momentum right in this fight. It's going to be a comfortable night for him, Eddie. Yeah, indeed. Uh, UFC London. Again, sorry, we'll hear from Regis Progres on that card as well. He takes on Tyron McKenna. We're going to hear from both of them a bit later. Again, Gareth A. Davis spoke to them. Uh, earlier in the week. We are going to hear, fingers crossed, I mean, uh, Jez is giving me the eyes, which I think means good news. We are probably going to hear from Paddy the Baddy Pimlet, obviously will be at UFC London this weekend. Gaff, you're going to be there for that one, aren't you? I'm going to be in the studio on Saturday night, actually. I will be watching it on the monitor. Oh, you, you, Gaff's always there for these ringside. I just, I just expect him to say yes, he's going to be there ringside <laughs> for it because he's always at the big events. But UFC is back, UFC London, a good one as well. Tom Aspinall headlines against uh, Alexander Volkov. Paddy the Baddy Pimlet will be on the card as well. I love that. On the intro as well, you heard him speaking there saying, I'm the man now in the UFC. I'm in a division. Lightweight division we know is a ridiculously stacked division. But eventually, if he gets the wins together, got Rodrigo Vargas on the weekend, um, if he gets the wins together, he's a big draw, especially if the UFC want to have events, whether it be in Liverpool or London. I've just penned a column. I mean, there's been 25 UFC events in the UK, in the British Isles, going back to 2002, the brawl at the Hall. I didn't go... The Albert Hall, can you believe it? The very first UFC event, I'm sure you know that, Eddie, was at the Albert Hall, Royal Albert Hall in 2002, the great godfather of British MMA and Freeman, a friend of mm. mine, was on that show. Frank Mir was on that show. Wow. Some big names. Um, Tito Ortiz had a scrap. He certainly did have a scrap on the cobble, in the street. Yeah. Out, outside with Lee Murray. Um, it's very famous. Chuck Liddell was there. It's a very famous story. Um, got dropped, way back, he? Got dropped. <laughs> he got, <laughs> it was way back when, when, uh, when MMA was very raw, very visceral. And it was kind of the scruffy... The scruffy cousin of the sports leagues at that time and, and wasn't considered like it is now but you know i've probably been at about 20 of the 25 events in the uk i was broadcasting on them at one time and you know the the thing is the the um the great thing about uh the ufc sudgeons lighting on the uk and notably london is it always generates stars and funnily enough you mentioned paddy Pimmett. he's only had one ufc fight so far but he's so charismatic that the fans will warm to him. Ditto um, Tom Aspinall, mm. you know, 28-year-old from Salford, who trains out of Liverpool with um, the likes of Paddy Pimmett and Molly McCann, who's on the card, of course. She's a charismatic, um, delightful yes. figure yeah. herself with an amazing backstory and narrative, a very emotional woman, um, beautiful woman, actually. And, um, uh, you know, and, and I think... What, what always happens, Michael Bisping, who's obviously commentating on the event, he was over here, there's a documentary out on his life, he too 
had his great nights in London, the Anderson Silver night oh. before he won the world title, an amazing event, you know, all the way back to 2007 when he fought the likes of Matt Hamill and then I think Jason Day it was, I think. Mm. Um, he had amazing nights there and it's always been a fulcrum and a catalyst for stars emerging, even apart from people like Darren Till, who, who was a star with the fans anyway, who's not on this card, but even Jorge Masvidal, when he knocked out yeah, Darren Till, yeah. That was the catalytic moment that was it, for Jorge it? Masvidal, the man from Miami with an amazing backstory himself, to become a real star. He knocks out Ben Askren afterwards in Las Vegas in record time with a flying knee. Then he fights Nate Diaz. Don't, and forget, he becomes... don't forget the two-piece to Leon Edwards backstage as well. And, well, of course, there's, yeah. the, there's the sucker punch backstage. I don't like to call it a two-piece. It was a sucker punch. It and it was it was it was wrong. It was wrong at the time. But and we haven't seen those two fight, by the way. So um, and we would like to see that. But it's because the support here for mixed martial arts is so strong because it's a special event every time. It always creates a dynamic and, and brilliant atmosphere. And I think the fighters always uh, deliver. There's an, I'll read you a line later on, which is very, very interesting um, from, from an ethnographical uh, study uh, done at a university by a brilliant professor um, about how fans respond to mixed martial artists, the authenticity of mixed martial artists. And I think that's what we're very often looking at. When you mentioned Conlon and Wood just now, mm -hmm. when we mentioned these guys who are fighting on the card on Saturday night for the UFC, it's about authenticity. And that's how, why we're so enthusiastic, why we're so passionate about it, because we get to feel that authenticity up close. We're in a very, as you rightly always say, and it's brilliant you do, and you're magnanimous about it, and I feel the same, and I'll never forget it. We have an absolute privilege being so close to these people. We certainly do. Fantastically said, Gareth. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 with The Zone. Stream boxing anytime, anywhere with DAZN.com. Still to come, we are going to be discussing UFC London this weekend. And we're going to hear from Sonny Edwards and Regis Progre who fight Propovellum this weekend. But coming up next, we'll look back on that extraordinary fight between Michael Conlon and Lee Wood. Your winner by TKO. And he's having success! Welcome back to Final Extra, myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. We saw an absolutely great fight on Saturday, didn't we? Lee Wood defending his WBA regular featherweight strap against former Olympian Michael Conlon over the weekend. Let's look back at that action in partnership with DAZN. Big Fight Roundup on TalkSport 2 with DAZN. Stream boxing anytime, anywhere with DAZN.com. You know what? I don't want to be lost in that result over the weekend, Gaff. And I'm sure it won't be by a lot of boxing fans. Was just how good Michael Conlon was for ten and a half rounds, maybe even eleven. He he was as good as a lot of people have been telling me he was. And I, I've been a bit not not quite sure about Michael Conlon. Yes, I look at the amateur record and it's it's fantastic and the unbeaten record. But I was like, I'm not quite sure. Let me see when he steps up to genuine world level, which he was fighting at on Saturday. And him walking to the ring, he started doing air guitars in the ring as he's waiting for Lee Wood. And I was like, all right, this guy's got it all. And then he started boxing and landing those lefts. And I was like, what can't he do? Like, he got everything. So I don't want that to be lost because I think he will be a world champion. Um, as long as he can get over it mentally, physically he'll be okay. 
it's the mental that scares me of these boxers when they lose their own. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I covered him in depth at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow in 2014. And, you know, he, he, he's an extraordinary talent. He really mm. is. And I think he's with one of the brilliant trainers, by the way, in Adam Booth, um, who's a very, very astute man, as, as I learned over the years when he was training George Groves and David Hay, particularly with David Hay and latterly with, with George Groves. Although he didn't take George to world title level, it was or to work to world title winning, it was it was under Shane McGuigan. Yeah. But he's he's a very very he can do everything and he can box on the back foot and he showed that in the early rounds he absolutely dominated the bout and 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 it was always about whether Lee Wood could impose his physicality on on Michael and 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 you know it's I think um, like you say. He may be damaged by it mentally in some ways, but he certainly didn't show it on Sunday in any of his Instagram posts. And he took the loss, I thought, very well. Now, how he feels internally is a completely different matter. He'll be bitterly disappointed, but he does know that he was well ahead in that fight. I mean, he was at least three rounds up, in my view, um, and needed just to get through another 90 seconds, but his body failed him. Now, one of the big question marks about him uh, going into the bout was, does he have the power at featherweight, having mm. campaigned largely at bantamweight as an amateur and then super bantamweight until latterly? You know, this is only his second featherweight fight, I believe. So, um, but he showed it early on. He, he, he opened the door with a massive left hand that absolutely, I mean, let's go back over the fight. He absolutely floored Lee Wood mm. in that first round. Lee Wood was really hurt. Had it been 30 seconds oh, earlier, he probably man. would have stopped him in that opening round. Yeah. So, yeah. so th 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 this is why there was such an extraordinary fight that Wood battled his way into the fight as Conlon picked him off, probably for about eight rounds, till Conlon suddenly started to tire. And Lee Wood had something superhuman in him, as we spoke about in, in, in the first section on the show, that he just had no quit in him. He will never have any quit in him. You'll have to put Lee Wood, you'll have to knock him unconscious to stop him. You have to nail him to the canvas. So the prospect of a second fight after Lee Wood coming back to, to win the, the fight, almost inexplicably, wasn't it? Mm. Um, as, as Conlon caved. Is, is thrilling. The idea that, that this could be, this could be an Arturo Gatti, Mickey Ward trilogy. Uh, you know, it, they, they could have three fights. These guys, if Conlon boxes smart in the second fight, comes in with a different frame physically. I, I, I don't mean um, I, just more resilient and 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 and, and is more uh, is is more clever through the fight and doesn't deplete himself and and decides to be more elusive. We could have the third fight set up. And, you know, I, I wonder whether, though, Lee Wood goes first to have this big fight with the winner of Josh Warrington and Kiko Martinez for the IBF belt, because that's a massive money-spinning fight in Leeds, really, because they'll sell out a stadium. And then they could go to a bigger ground in Nottingham and, and, and do the, the Conlon fight afterwards. It doesn't matter, I think, whether... Wood holds a title or not at that point. They'd just be fighting for the championship of each other at that point. Agreed. I guess it depends how the Kiko fight goes with, with Josh. If Kiko wins, I don't think Lee would want to fight Kiko because I don't think that's a big fight. Yes, it's, it's a unification fight and, and that's good and I understand all that, but 
it's not the, the big fight. It's not a juicy fight, so to speak. I want to quickly go back, just before we talk about options, Gareth, to that round 11, because I feel yeah. like that plays a big role in how the fight goes. Just because of the mental boost it gives to, to Lee Wood, whether it was a knockdown or not, Lee Wood thought he knocked him down, he thought he hurt him. And finally, he's probably thinking, finally, I've got to you. Finally, I know I can hurt you. And the way he charged out of round 12, thinking he hurt he hurt Michael in round 11, I think that gave him that extra 5 or 10% boost to think, yes, you felt the power, now let's see. And I wonder if he didn't get that knocked down. Look, I still think he would have come out like a, like a crazy man in round 12, but I think that little knockdown, whether it was or wasn't, gave him the boost he needed going into the final round. Well, let's discuss whether it was a knockdown or not. I, I, I've watched it, but I think it was a knockdown. You I, think, I think it was, it was, did you say? It was, yeah? I, I, yes, I mm. do. And, and you know, he, he went down. We know now that he was getting exhausted, that yeah. fatigue was was kicking in and that he'd lost his legs. Um, I didn't see a trip rather than a slip. Yeah. But, you know, um, Wood was in the middle of an assault when he went down. It, they were exchanging. Um you know, I, I thought I think it was referee Steve Gray, wasn't it? Um, it was. uh, overseeing the contest, I thought he was right in in giving Michael account. Um, and like you say, it gave Wood and his corner, the, his trainer Ben Davison, the the chutzpah to say, right, you've got to go out there and finish him now. I mean, they were telling him, weren't they, between rounds eleven and twelve, you need a stoppage here. And so he went hunting in that twelfth round, and it paid off for him, and it's paid off enormously. Um, I mean, you've got to say, haven't you? I mean, you were up close to Leewood afterwards. His composure... It's incredible. Um, it was incredible. And, mm. you know, not once in that fight did he ever look like a beaten man, even though he was being beaten. And that's interesting know? because they say, obviously, look, Leewood's a good fighter. British title, he's won that Commonwealth title. So, so the pedigree's there. But a lot of people have questioned maybe his mental state. And they said that's the one thing that Ben's really improved of him, the confidence, the almost the arrogance. And he's so calm. Like, you're doing the interview of him ringside after and the way in which he's just controlled and measured and, you know, not celebrating. And when some would, I know, you know, you're still concerned about Michael Connor, but I've interviewed fighters, some would. He's just no, so measured. And I saw him in the hotel after and I'm thinking, why are you not in bed with an ice pack on your face? And he's going around and he's thanking everyone for coming out. And I'm thinking, you're thanking us. We should be thanking you. So, look, fantastic fighter. So we'll ask you next, Gareth, as we, we end this section, what would you do if you're him? Do you go and try and get one of the big American names or the fighters that fight in America, the Navarrettes or the Megsayos? Do you do the Conlon rematch or do you wait for Josh Warrington? Well, look, he's the, he's the WBA, just to, to explain this to listeners, that those who are familiar with boxing will be familiar with the setup with the WBA, of which he's featherweight champion, the sanctioned mm. body. Yeah. Um, he, he's the world champion, the... the the, the, the super champion, if you like, is Leo Santa Cruz. And th th that's a fight that he should take as well, if he can get, frankly. Um, you know, I mean, the Ring magazine won't recognize him as a full champion. Um, it, you know, it, I think that's a great fight for him. Leo Santa Cruz, it's a great time to fight Leo Santa Cruz. Um, he's, he's quite a weathered fighter now. He's a very skillful Mexican. We remember the two fights with, with Carl Frampton that were extraordinary. One on the Eastern starboard and, and the loss that Frampton had. Frampton's greatest victory, in my view, um, on the Eastern starboard against Leo Santa Cruz. An extraordinary night when he, he boxed when Santa Cruz fought and he fought when Santa Cruz boxed. And yeah, he outgunned great, him great in every department. It. Well, he did. That's, That's exactly what he did that what happened, night. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 you know he was undone in the rematch, and um, 
you know, it was a bad night for, for Frampton in Las Vegas. But uh, I, listen, I go after Leo Santa Cruz, and I think if Josh Warrington uh, wins against Kiko Martinez, I think that is an enormous money-spending fight for both men, and one they both deserve. They're both in their early 30s, remember, so um, I would do that, and then I would do the rematch with Conlon next. Yeah, what he does have, as you just said there, though, loads of options. All right, you listen to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 with DeZone. Remember, stream boxing anytime, anywhere with DAZN.com. Still to come, we are going to be discussing UFC London this weekend. But up next, we're going to hear from Sonny Edwards and Regis Program. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Unanimous decision and new IBF flyweight champion of the world, Showtime, Sonny Edwards. If he thinks I can't hit him or hurt him, he's going to be for a rude awakening. I mean, any fight I've had, they always seem reluctant just to keep walking, walking forward because when they do walk onto shots, it's stinging them. It's as simple as that. Yeah, welcome to Final Extra. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. A big fight for Sonny Edwards uh, this weekend when he fights mandatory challenger Mohamed Wasim for the IBF flyweight title. A title he won, taking on the very experienced Maruti Matalani. Fantastic performance that was that night from Sonny Edwards. He did speak with Gareth A. Davis and began by explaining what he knew of his opponent this weekend. We sparred. Um, he got beat by Maruti, the only, his only defeat, who obviously I won my world title against. He's tough. Slow footed, his game. Um, but for me, I think he's now at a stage of career. I don't think any stage of his career to beat me, to be honest. But I feel like I think he's at a stage now where since the Maruti fight four years, three ish, three and a half years ago, I think he's been on a steady decline. Whether that's because of age, whether it's because now he's training with my old trainer Danny Vaughan, I don't know. Who knows? But 
don't get me wrong, you never overlook someone you prepared diligently. I take this job very seriously. I don't do anything else. So if I'm not going to take it seriously, what am I doing? And I'm and, and I'm looking forward to really putting on a performance. But I would be probably the most shocked person in the arena in the world if 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 this doesn't go my way because I think I'm levels above him. But I've got to show it. I've got to get in, in the first three rounds and I've got to show it and show him and then then express myself and do what I, I need and want to do. He's got heavy hands if you let him, I think. That's the thing with him. And it, it, and it, the key is, I mean, you're so elusive. Your style is so elusive. Once you get that rhythm, you look almost impossible to hit now. It's, you know, it, it reminds us of the bygone era of boxers who really did keep to that old adage of hit and not be hit, and not be hit you know? Yeah, I think... Um... I've always had good reactions anyway. My reactions are, are crazy, like, outside of it. I'm talking driving, I'm talking... Yeah. I'm about to hit me and be moving out of the way. So anything, my reactions have always been very fine-tuned anyway. Probably boxing's helped it, but... Mm. Yeah, I... He, he is heavy-handed. I wouldn't necessarily say... Don't get me wrong, everyone else would probably disagree. But me, having sparred him, having us trade a lever... I don't, I don't, I don't spar like a fight. You know what I mean? Like I have it wall, I have it out a bit more. One step out and ready to go again. Like, I don't particularly think he's any more heavy-handed than me. He probably had a few opponents that he stopped because you're supposed to stop them. Even though I've only stopped four people, I've stopped everyone I'm supposed to, and I've not stopped anyone I weren't supposed to. Really looking at their records, looking who else fought them, heavier-handed people. So yeah, that that is what it is. If he thinks I can't hit him or hurt him, he's going to be in for a rude awakening. I mean, any fight I've had, they always seem reluctant just to keep walking, walking forward because when they do walk onto shots, it's stinging them. The current IBF flyweight champion, Sonny Edwards, there speaking uh, to Gareth A. Davis. He obviously takes on, as you just mentioned there, Mohamed Wasim this weekend uh, in Dubai. Uh, one thing I love about Sonny, apart from his boxing ability, which he clearly has, you don't become IBF flyweight champion if you don't, he's confidence. Like oh. Some might say it's arrogance, but I don't mind it even if it's arrogance. I love it. He's so confident in everything he does. It's the same thing, isn't it, with a boxer? They've got to have that arrogance, which translates into ultra confidence. Uh, you know, as I say, I, I, I caution slightly on the fact that Mohamed Wasim, I'm sure he's going to treat him um, very, very cautiously early on in the early rounds, find his rhythm because uh, Mohamed Wazim is an experienced fighter. They have sparred a lot together, so that's an interesting factor going into this fight. But as he showed against Jason Mama, he was brilliant in that fight, um, out in uh, Dubai, retaining the IBF title. And as you say, Muriti Muthalani was an extraordinary night against a very, very veritable uh, champion. And he's looked good. Um, you know, he's come up the rankings. He's a different type of fighter to his brother, Charlie. Mm. Um He's just not got to get caught by this guy and he's got to get his rhythm early. And I think we could be looking at a young star here and I would love to see him fighting Julio Cesar Martinez. Yeah, I guess that they have to deal with caution as well. Like Martinez is the name and that's, that fight should happen. And look, Eddie says he wants it to happen as well. But then look, he's fought at Superfly as Sonny and you look at what's around at Superfly. I mean, it is, it's sharks everywhere. So I guess they have to tread carefully with Sonny Edwards and maybe they keep him at flyweight for a, for a year and if he grows out of it, he grows out of it. But they do have to be careful with the matchups. Yeah, of course they do. But, you know, how brilliant would it be to get a Roman Gonzalez Chocolatito to come here and fight him at Superfly? Um, that would be an amazing fight, an amazing occasion to have this guy who five years ago I was talking about Chocolatito was 46-0, uh, a four-weight world champion in the same 
in the same measure, in the same breath as Floyd Mayweather at the time, it was the number one pound for pound in the world. And Chocolatito could have been considered an equal to him. Many of us did consider him an equal at that time, and he wasn't getting the resonance that he deserved, Eddie. You know, um, mm. so there, there's some there's some amazing fights there for for Sonny if he can keep on winning. Yeah, there, there certainly is. Another fight on that card is Regis Proga. I think the probably the second best 140 pounder in the world, maybe the best now. If Josh Taylor goes up to 147. He takes on Tyron McKenna. Very interesting matchup, this one. He also spoke to Gareth A. Davis and starts by explaining why he hasn't fought so much in the last couple of years. Well, it, it never was my fault, you know. That's the thing, you know. A lot of a lot of people think it's the fighter's fault, man. I've been, I'm always training. I've been training the whole time. Like, the whole pandemic time, the whole two years, I'm, I kind of stay in the gym. Besides, you know, besides when I travel and stuff, I'm always in the gym. So, it's not my fault, Um, but... I guess business-wise, promoters, dealing with managers, networks, all that stuff was, I guess that was slow. So, you know, I was supposed to actually, you know, I was I was really, I was supposed to fight um, Maurice Hooker, but then the pandemic happened. Then after that, we couldn't get together on the weight thing. So that whole thing was scrapped. And then, of course, they had to find me a fight after that. That's when I fought on the PBC card. And then, of course, um, last year, I fought on the Triller card. Yeah. And so now I guess we're gonna try to get the ball rolling again. But it I mean for me it never was my fight to it, it not my fight. It never was my fault to not fight. I always want to fight and stay busy, but it's just, you know, business wise, it just I couldn't get a fight. Is it is it is it about also having I mean, without talking about money too much, but is is it about having reached a level where you you need the big fights now? Right. I would think so, too. You know, I'm pretty sure because um, my manager, you know, I told him what's going to happen when I'm going to fight, when I'm going to fight. And I think that's maybe it's it's in part of me. I, I, I do have a little fault because I'm not I'm not a person that will stay on my like I stay on my manager all the time. Like, all right, when I'm going to fight, when I'm going to fight, when I'm going to fight. I'm not like that. Like I just train and just kind of let things, you know, let it come to me, basically, you know, so. I just, they'll know I'm, they'll know I'm training all the time. And I like, it's like, of course, sometimes I'll get a little anxious, like, all right, when it's, when I'm a fight, you know, what's going to happen. So, but yeah, when you get to a certain level, then, you know, you, de you demand, you know, of course, bigger money than, you know, that's when people, I mean, promoters and managers, they have to kind of work with you and figure out the right situation for you. Yeah, Regis Proger there speaking um, to Gareth A. Davis. Look, good luck to Tara McKenna. It's, it's a big ask to beat Regis Proger because I think he is a very, very good talent lost a razor fin decision to Josh Taylor. And if that fight happens in America, maybe he gets the decision. It's a strange one, though, Gareth. You spoke about him being active. There's a couple of fights that he wanted that just haven't, haven't happened. He was talking about Adrian Broner, and that would have been a big money fight. Hasn't happened. Mikey Garcia didn't happen. And now I guess he takes this fight against McKenna because, A, he's getting paid well. Good luck to him. But it's almost a case of he can't really get any fights right now. He's struggling to get fights. Yeah, and it's a it's a it's a rough, tough fight. Uh, Tyron McKenna will will bring all the heat. Um, he says he's going to come and have a dog fight with Regis Progre. I expect Regis Progre to come through this. Um, I don't I, I don't expect uh, Tyron McKenna to beat him, but who knows at the mm. moment? But I, I agree. I think Regis Progre. It was it was a it was a razor tight fight. Remember, with Josh Taylor, he also told me he'd fight Jack Catterall as well at the moment. Um, you know that that that's uh, that WBC uh, title could become vacant if Josh yep. Taylor moves up. So there's lots of options, Tim. And I got to say, I know we're going to go to break, but you know there's two other great fights this weekend. Uh, David Avanesian defending his European welterweight crown uh, on BT Sports against uh, 
Oscari Metz, the undefeated Finnish fighter. There's uh, Michael McKinson from Portsmouth, undefeated himself. Not a knockout guy, but a very tricky fighter going in against probably the rising star of the welterweight division in Virgil Ortiz. That's on DAZN. Mm -hmm. um, you'll be aware of that. It's a massive weekend for fights. It, it really is. Massive. I'm so happy you mentioned Michael McKinson there. And well done for doing so, because he's someone that maybe doesn't get enough mentions as he should. He's an unbeaten fighter. And look, it's a tough-ass fight in Virgil Ortiz, unbeaten, 18 fights, 18 knockouts. But yeah. but last year, you know, as well as I do, Gareth, last year we saw so many upsets. This might eclipse them all, but you never know. You never know. Yeah, it might. But, you, but you know, I think, you know, you, you've got to look at realistic um, outcomes here. And I think David Avanesian probably wins against Mets in London. And, and I think, you know, it's a big ask for McKinsey from Portsmouth to go and do this. You know, you look at... Um, uh, Virgil Ortiz, uh, first fight of 2020. Oh, he is. I mean, you know, he stopped Maurice Hooker last year, the Lithuanian. Uh, Egegis, Mean Machine, Kavalioskus. Uh, you know, he's a 23-year-old. He's, he's on the same trajectory as Conor Ben. If those two guys keep winning, that's a massive fight. I expect Virgil Ortiz to come over here. He's an absolute star. He plays the guitar and the piano. I love the guy. Absolutely. He's very, very aware of his... Um, Mexican heritage and he's brilliant in his community as well. He certainly is. Big ass for Michael Mickinson, that one. It really is that fight live on the zone this weekend. All right, this is Final Extra on Talksport 2. Up next, we're going to be switching our attention to UFC London and we'll be joined live by one of the rising stars of the company, Paddy the Baddy Pimblet. Declaring the winner by GKO. Me and you will be having this conversation after the first round finish. And what happened? There it is, look at that, oh, it's over. It goes right under the chin, a tap quickly for Arlovsky. Tom Aspinall, submission victory in round two. Yeah, welcome back to Final Extra. Myself, Andy Lodipo, the great Gareth A. Davis, UFC London this weekend, headlined by Tom Aspinall against Alexander Volkov. Paddy the Baddy Pimlet's in action as well against Rodrigo Vargas. He joins us now. I told you we got a special guest. And the Baddy has... I, I think this is very good for you to do this a few days before the big event. He's come on to speak to us and to speak to Gareth A. Davis, who, Gareth, I think... Gareth, you want to tell him something, don't you? Well, I, I'm going to say, look, it's going to take him a long time to, to get the cultured hairstyle that I've got. But as a man of who, who, who flaunts his hair, and so he should... If you become the UFC lightweight champion, I am dyeing this hair the same colour of yours, blonde. Mm, don't know, Gareth. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I, I, I would offer the same services, but I can't offer anything. Uh, I'm the next couple of years, that's what I'm <laughs> Paddy, you must be excited, though, this weekend, surely. I mean, we, we always want to see our, our sort of fellow UK fighters go to America and dominate over there, and that's good. And that's the dream for a lot of... UFC fighters, and I fully understand it, but it's good to have a show back on home soil and to impress them what was sold out in minutes, this event. Yeah, I can't wait, lad. I'm gonna, it's going to be a special night. Uh, UFC London, it's been a long time coming. We meant to have it last year, but we end up being in Vegas, and I'm just going to show everyone what they've been missing, lad. Uh, a, a fight card with the body on is just different compared to fight, other fight nights. It's going to be the best atmosphere and the best show these have ever seen in UFC London, and that's a fact. I think for good reason as well. I mean, I, I go back to 
covering uh, the UFC in, in London at the very start. I wasn't at the brawl at the hall, which was 20 years ago. The Royal Albert Hall. Can you believe it? The very first yeah. event. We were, we were waxing lyrical about it earlier on where Tito Ortiz and Lee Murray had a fight in the cobbles outside afterwards. The great godfather. I don't know if you know him, Ian Freeman, the great godfather of, of British. Yeah, he beat Frank Mir that night. He beat Frank Mir that night. And, yeah, and, yeah. and Freeman is just, he does. Um, he, I think Paddy was probably about five then. I can't believe he was watching it. But um, the, 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 the thing is, over the years, when when... You know, when, when the UFC came, they only had Michael Bisping as a poster boy and then Dan Hardy. And then a group of fighters from Liverpool came through under Colin Heron at Cabon, like Sateri Atim, Paul Kelly, those guys. And they really grew. But you are a different generation where you're followed so much. And I want to read you this because one of the reasons why people adore you, Paddy, is because for exactly this, and this is an academic study written by the writer Anne Helen Sund, it's an ethnographical study of MMA fighting called The Sport, The Club, The Body. And it saw that she wrote about the sport of MMA as being as real as a fight gets, where a controlled fight in the cage has been uprooted from a street fight in her treatise and elevated to a special plane where the observer and fan suspends reality to watch heroes who make physical expression the voice of the tribes who follow them. We are wired for connection as fight fans and following who, can, who you can really believe in has always been the way of the revolution, which is where the rolling wheels of MMA will always turn. So let's make it happen again in London, Paddy. Yeah, that's, that's spot on, to be honest. That's brilliant. Like, it's, it's within us to fight, you know what I mean? We've been doing it for thousands of years and this is the purest form of fighting, mixed martial arts. This is a genuine fight, like... I know people always compare it to boxing, but boxing's just one style of fighting where we have one every... martial art. It's one exactly. martial art. Yeah, martial art. We have every single martial art in there. As Bisbee was saying yesterday, so many different Olympic martial arts, and we have to train them all. We can't just train one and focus on one. We have to train every single one of them. I love when Bisping shot Simon Jordan down there. Like, what were you talking about, Simon? This is exactly what goes on in MMA world, and it was fantastic to see because Simon Jordan doesn't get shut down by a lot of people. Uh, are you feeling the pressure, Paddy? A lot, a lot of people, as you know, have been calling for you to come to the UFC for ages now. They've been chasing you for years. You went there. You looked fantastic in your first fight. Exciting. Now everyone's excited and asking for big fights and big fights. Obviously, you've got Rodrigo Vargas coming up, and we don't want to look past him. But it must be difficult not to look into the next sort of 12, 18 months and those mega fights that are going to happen for you. Yeah, it is, of course, but I take it one step at a time. You know what I mean? I'm just... This, you sound this like Jürgen Klopp there going for the Premier League title. That's it. Like, you've got to take each game as it comes up. <laughs> and, like, that's what I'm doing with this one. I've got to take I've got to take Vargas seriously and beat him, and then I can start looking at the next step. I tell you what I will do. If you beat Vargas, I'll do something else. You're lying on your pillows in your, in your, in your room there. I'll have a pillow fight with you if you have to. If you have to. <laughs> <laughs> hey Gareth, there's uh, big money in those pillow fights nowadays. It ain't free anymore. There's big know, money in them. A YouTube pillow fight, me and Pimlet. Me yeah, let's do it. Me and Pillow, me and Pillow Ain't some money off a pillow fight. That's fucking sound. <laughs> Indeed, uh, you must be excited for Tom Aspinall as well. I know it's a man you know very close, very closely, very well. Obviously, big fight for him as he takes up that step to get, you know, maybe a fight away now from from a, from a title fight. He's not that far away from it, Tom. No, he's not. Like, if he wins this fight, he's be ranked number six. He'll probably 
get another fight or two, and then he definitely will be in title contention. Um, but as we said, we've got us fighters. We've got to take every one step at a time. You can't like look past your next opponent. That's how you do end up losing, and not like that's how I've lost in the past. When I, when I was featherweight champ of cage warriors, I didn't really concern myself with the next fight. I was thinking about the future. I thought it was too good and I wouldn't get beat. And I had to get brought back down to earth. And that's what happened. So now I, I take everything one step at a time. Yeah, I do think that, you know, I mean, with yourself on the card, Arnold Allen in a great fight with Dan Hooker, um, Gunnar Nelson, who's an old favourite, Molly McCann, uh, obviously, against Luana Carolina. But I think what happens is... And I know you know him really well, as Addy just mentioned. When you've got a heavyweight, a young heavyweight, um, who can carry... I think if he can win two fights and we can get a British heavyweight um, in, uh, in contention for UFC gold, it might just draw... And this is no disrespect to you, even, an even bigger audience as well, because the heavyweights speak out to the mainstream more and it captures more media attention and you can all go on the coattails with that he may go on your coattails who knows but because you're going to tell me that you're going to be headlining next time anyway yeah i don't know i am no disrespect to tom like tom's a cool dude and he's an amazing fighter but um on the people's main event rather my man adam Venti shout like i'm the people's main event lad and Feel bad saying it, but I reckon a couple of thousand people are going to leave after I fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could, they could just do. Fingers crossed they don't. A quick one on Rodrigo Vargas and the dangers he brings in, Paddy. Yeah, he's got a big left eye kick and a big backhand. You know what I mean? He comes in to try and take your head off. And I know that's what he's going to try and do with me. Uh, he's going to try and come in and take my head off my shoulders. Because he'll think that's the only way he can win. He watches me last fight and think, yeah, I'll try and grapple him because he'll get flying triangled or something like that. Lad, if he tries to grapple with me, um, wherever this fight goes, I win. Simple as that. Yeah, look, and we all hope you do win as well. Big fight card. Fantastic. Can't wait to see you in action. Remember, UFC London this weekend. Always great to have Paddy on. I really appreciate you coming on, Paddy. So close to your fight. All right, this has been Final Extra. The show will also be available as a podcast via the TalkSport app, wherever you go and get your podcasts from. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. 
To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.